0: to the fourth episode of your time in the run the amazing race 31 recaps from reality tv warriors my name is michael harmstone and joining me as always is the canadian who loves being in a water fight with vietnamese men logan saunders evening and the lady who knows how to build toys from her extensive experience as a mum, michelle pierce correct
1: morning
0: i'm sure you've watched that episode and went oh no he's gonna use that quote for me isn't he he knows how much i hate <laughs> people defining yeah. themselves as mums
1: It's okay. I built so much Lego in the holidays. It's just crazy.
0: Is Lego Masters inspiring you then?
1: Oh my God, I love that show, but those people are insane.
0: Get me and my knowledge of Australian TV, despite the fact it's a British format.
1: Exactly. I thought, oh, maybe you're just saying that because of the British one and not knowing that we've just got one right now.
0: No, I know full well that you've got one now because it's hosted by Hamish Blake off of Andy. Yes. (laughs) Who I, I love very dearly. I have a question before we begin. Mm, Go on then.
2: Do you guys think an all female team is going to win this season? I can't comment
0: on that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Michael, why did you even say that? Because that means yes.
0: Well, I can't comment on that.
1: (laughs) Oh, far out, Michael. Seriously. It could also mean
0: no. (laughs) Yeah, it could also mean no, Michelle.
1: No, it can't because I know very well that if someone asks you a question that you can't answer, you say that sentence. If, you, if it's true.
0: For all you know, the next two teams to go could be the two all-female teams, Michelle, and we could be sitting here in two, three weeks' time, you going, oh, finally, both of the mum teams have gone. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh,
2: Jesus. No one with any parental responsibilities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, oh, no. given that I know the answer to this question, what have you guys been up to this week?
1: No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to know why Logan asked that question.
0: Yeah, why did you answer that, ask that question, Logan? Why?
2: Because they were the bottom three teams this week. Yeah, good fight. All three of them, <laughs> seventh, eighth, and ninth.
0: Right. And okay. none of
2: them, none of them, have done well all season long. No. Do 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 you need more reasons?
1: No, that's okay. I'm happy. I'm happy now.
0: The good news is, Corinne and Eliza are going to come back via the return ticket and then win every leg from here on out. Oh,
1: wow is there is there an extinction hotel? Is there?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's happened on uh, other versions of Amazing Race, Michelle. I wouldn't joke about it.
1: Um, this week, I haven't been doing a lot. It was wellbeing well-being week at school, so um, I had to make up a playlist for kids to dance to. They like that.
0: And uh, you chose some of your favourite songs, including Smack, <laughs> Smack That Bitch Up, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and Baby Got Back and things like that.
0: <laughs> and the FCC song by Monty Python. <sighs>
1: No, they loved Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake. Sweet things.
2: I heard the FCC win to let Michelle be. They try to shut her down on MTV. I feel so empty without me.
0: <laughs> nah, nah, God, nah, I love that song. What have you been up to, Logan?
2: Um, I am in Catalonia. Um, I watched a football game with my ex girlfriend uh, a couple days ago. And now I am in a town that I try to pronounce, but it came out horribly wrong. Sitges. Apparently, it's not, it's not pronounced Sitges,
0: no. That's not the name of the town. It is if you ask me, and that's all that matters. Jeez. <laughs> Did you do anything last weekend? Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. That. Yeah, you're forgetting Thank about you. the fact that, you know, you spent Sunday with me, Logan. I've been really
2: sick the past two days. Like, I've already had to mute the microphone like four or five times whenever I've coughed or sneezed. I blame David. Oh,
1: dear.
2: I did. Ca- I may or may not have caught something in that red wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fourth glass was off, was it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I knew that glass was a bit too polished. Um, so, yeah, we were, we went as press to the MOL finale in Belgium.
0: And as I said on the radio this evening, because we're recording this on Friday, as I said on the radio this evening... It was one of the best days ever. It was so much fun. I have never seen
2: you that giddy before in my life.
0: I know. I I couldn't help it. It was genuinely a magical day for me. And I mean, you know as well as I do, I did send Jill an email just to say thank you so much for letting us do that. Because if nothing else, it validates everything we've been doing for the past five and a half years. And it just felt so special for us to be able to do it.
2: And we'll be back there again next year.
0: Oh, damn straight we will. Very lucky. As Jill said to me on the way out, as long as you keep doing the podcast, you'll keep getting invited. So I'm holding you to that, Mr. DeCosta. We'll be back next year. I am
2: sure he's listening to this podcast right now about an American show.
0: The awkward thing is um, that I did forget when we were discussing uh, discussing the podcast with everyone who was on the mole that they would then actually start listening. And I'm very glad oh. we didn't do Davey's season because he would have heard me repeatedly call him ho- uh, homeless, fair play, or um, or hipster Dave. Almost Grohl. Dave Grohl, yeah. Did I call him Dave Grohl to his face? You didn't do it to his face. You did it to a lot of people, though. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I had to chaperone you for the evening.
2: Oh, I have a I have full memory of what happened. That's nowhere near what I'm typically like. Yeah. I'm a lot worse. <laughs> you were very
0: sensible given we had to podcast at 2am. I
2: didn't even get home till after 4 a in the morning.
0: I didn't get to bed till half 3 And I was shattered on Monday.
2: I had to check out by, what was it, like 9, 9.30? Then my flight was until 9.30 at night, and I didn't get to my hostel in Barcelona till after one thirty ish in the morning. I was dead.
0: <laughs> I was up at 9 on... On Monday, and checking out of my hotel for about half ten-ish. And I was very, very tired. Very tired. <laughs> Especially as I then had to go straight to editing the first podcast of two that I released for Belgium all this week in a Five Guys in the centre of Antwerp and then on the train.
2: But it was worth
0: it. But it was worth every second. And now we get to discuss Amazing Grace, which I'm a bit less enthusiastic about. Huh, why? Especially on a day like today. <laughs> I mean, this season is better than last season. And I don't know whether it's because I know the boot order and therefore it's less, less of an, an edge of the seat moment when you have Rachel and Alyssa versus uh, Corinne and Eliza at the end where I'm like, yeah, obviously I know Corinne and Eliza are going. I don't know whether it's that or whether it's just kind of a little bit passive at the moment.
1: I think it, that, that part of it is because you know the boot order.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it is uh, as well. But also I've known bits of the boot order in the past. Stuff like Brooke and Scott winning, I I knew that from like week four. Which, just for the record, because I know Brooke listens, did not impact on my adoration of you and Scotty. You know I love you both.
2: You mean you didn't pull a Mertz Jaffer and just... Look up spoilers to see who wins and then suck up to that person so you get invited to the finale parties.
0: No, I I don't like them because they won. I like them because they're iconic. And them winning is the perfect ending to their story.
2: No, the perfect ending is if Brooke gives birth to twins.
0: No, the perfect ending is if she comes back with Blair and then wins again. Yeah, I I think this was a good episode. I don't think it was a great one.
2: Especially when they don't air a full task that has a direct impact on who got eliminated.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's something we we may have to discuss. Try and preempt Justin a little bit.
2: Yeah, may have to discuss.
0: So previously, nine teams traveled to Vietnam. A Big Brother alliance was formed at the airport, while Leo and Jamal and Karina and have struggled their respective detours. Becker and Floyd ran an almost perfect leg in a leg that was basically designed for them, and Chet's in, in first, while Chris and Brett's age caught up with them, but it was the first non-elimination leg of the season. And we begin, as with every Vietnam episode that we seem to be covering at the moment, with a downpour in Ho Chi Minh City.
2: With motorcycles.
0: With motorcycles, yeah. Because yet another link between this and Belgian Mole is that there was a pretty big cyclone in... Um, in Ho Chi Minh City when Belgium Bowl was filming there, to the point where they actually had to basically cancel a day of the filming because of it. And Teamsums now travel to Snowtown Saigon, where they will find the next clue. And it's Becker and Floyd leaving in first at 247 AM, Nicole and Victor at three thirty six, Colin and Christie at three forty six, Tyler and Corey at four oh six, Corinne and Eliza at four nineteen, Janelle and Brittany at four fifty five, Rachel and Alyssa at five oh two. And then Leo and Jamal and Chris and Brett, we don't find out any departure times for at all.
2: Even though they're the, the first think. and last are always the most important.
1: I wonder why they put up some and not others. Because they don't
2: like me knowing things.
1: It's just, it's a bit annoying. Either put them all up
0: or don't put them all up.
2: It's more reason to listen to the, all the contestants' podcasts scattered all over the internet.
0: Yes, yeah, the first of many questionable editing decisions in this episode.
2: All we know is the departure time was before 630
0: yeah, and that they were close enough from the Flower Market to Snowtown, Saigon, to get there before 6.30. I
1: don't think that place opens at 6.30, what do you think? I think that was a sign made for them. Why would a place like that open at 6.30am?
0: There was actually a topic that Logan wanted to discuss on this, because someone was moaning on Amazing Race fans, as they always do.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: But this was actually an interesting one. It's like the one the few did actually pay attention to about how unfair it is that some teams depart and then there's an hour of operation. And I'm going to break a massive secret here for you. But it's deliberate. Because they don't do 12 or 36-hour pit stops anymore. They stagger it so that all the teams can catch up if they're staying in the same city. Spoilers. Mm -hmm. Unless there is an 18-hour gap, which is pretty much impossible on Amazing Race anymore, they deliberately time it so that One team will be departing and have to wait like four hours for the next place to open, at which point everyone can catch up and everyone gets a fair chance.
2: Yeah, you know that the advantages are completely gone now because this was a leg within the exact same city, so they didn't have to really be in transit anywhere, and they still made everyone bunch up. In past seasons, it's usually the only leg where how you finish on the previous leg has any impact. Now they've even taken that away on this one.
0: The thing I will say is that it makes a lot of sense for them to do it. Of course it does. And the reason I say that is not even from a production standpoint, but it means that they're not penalising any of the other teams when, spoilers, at the end of the leg there is a double bell. Because if you remember, the major problem with the intersection is that teams had to wait hours and hours and hours for the next team to arrive. They want to minimise that in the event of a double bell. and try getting it down to like half an hour.
1: Yeah, but it's not just that. It's it's. You know, it um, it's good that the teams that may be very good, Leo and Jamal, have a shocker of a day.
0: Leo and Jamal are not very good on this season anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a chance the next episode to redeem themselves. I suppose in, in the old days, there was such a huge gap and you just knew, oh, well, they're obviously out next league because they can't possibly catch up, whereas this gives them a bit more competition i suppose
2: not to mention this speed bump made teams go directly to the roadblock location
0: and also the other element of that is the fact there is a pretty long flight coming after this leg so they do need to make sure that they're um they're reasonably close together mm. so nicole and victor say that they want to survive a u-turn to become a proper amazing race team foreshadowing and Colin and Christy say they want to stay in the background and not win a leg, and they're just happy being the, the mom and dad team and um, dealing with all these millennials with their thousands of Instagram followers.
2: Who would have guessed that type of confessional would come out of Colin and Christy's nose? <laughs> We're just going to be calm. We're going to be calm. We're going to be mom and dad and just be very under the radar. We're not as intense as the other teams.
0: (laughs) They're trying not to be threatening, and that is the way to win Amazing Race. (laughs) Because if you suspect there are going to be U-turns galore coming soon, especially in a a season like this where there's a lot of competitive teams, and also Chris and Brett, and Rupert and Laura, you need to be a bit considerate about trying not to be as big a threat as possible. Hmm. It's certainly not the worst thing in the world for Leo and Jamal to have had a shocker in Vietnam.
2: Yeah, that target's been erased, these two
0: legs. Given that they went into Vietnam with an average of 1.0, and they're leaving Vietnam with an average of about 4.
2: That's almost all-female team territory. Almost. (laughs) They're not that bad. Yeah, they're not as bad as mom's.
0: In fact, their average has dropped from 1.0 to 4.0 in the last two legs. They are now the third best average of the season so far.
2: Jeez, I wonder who's number one then.
0: Number one is the same team who've been number one ever since Leon Jamal weren't. The most consistent team of the season, and my favourites.
2: Colin Christie, it's, it's amazing that people thought, well, Christie's going to have to do roadblocks now, and then you find out she's probably the strongest female racer in the entire cast.
0: Yeah, and the even better thing is, I can't remember whether I said this to you guys last night, but I found out that Colin and Christie, if the season ended now, would have the third best all-star average, running average, of 51 teams who've come back. Mm, they would have, they're currently third. You know what makes me think is back to
2: season five, if they had the roadblock rule then, Colin and Christie probably win the season. I can't see Kim doing that well at any of the roadblocks.
0: No, Christie is incredibly strong. And this is, I mean, we'll get to this in our eventual end of season podcast, but I think bringing back Colin and Christie is a great idea because it then opens up teams who were very old school racers to come back and prove that the roadblock rule isn't a hindrance to them. Yeah, like Flo's going to hit them all out of the park. Flo coming back would be iconic, but...
1: Oh, she's not
0: coming back. I know she isn't. Because she, she's a mummy. <laughs> uh, Michael. No, no, that, that is actually her excuse. She has turned it down before. Oh, God. But there are so many teams who, especially sort of season five, it has a reputation of, yeah, it's a great season. But none of those teams would have done very well if the roadblock rule was in place. And I would like to see more old school teams come back if they're ever going to do an All Stars again. I'd like to see more old-school teams come back and prove how good they are, even without the robot rule. And I think Colin and Christy doing so well so far is a testament to that. Mm. Without saying how they do, obviously. I have to be so careful in these podcasts to not not say how any team does. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for reminding us of that.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I'm not at all trying to block what you say sometimes Because I don't know whether you're inadvertently giving us stuff.
0: I I haven't said anything that is spoilerish in four episodes, and I'm very proud of myself for that. That's good. Because I'm deliberately wording things.
2: What? Rupert and Laura go home
0: soon? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for the preview, I had to think back to how I felt when we found out who the cast was. And I'm like... If Rupert and Laura aren't first to go home, something has gone really wrong for one of the teams. Which was
2: exactly what happened.
0: And then I found out that Art and JJ were first boots, and I'm like, eh, really? How did that happen, given they had the best average coming into the season? And then you find out Art didn't do anything physically to prepare. But yeah, I feel like there is a conversation to be had following this season, at least so far, that Colin and Christy, a third of the season in, being by far and away the best team on average means that we should be seeing some more old school teams who maybe suffered from the reputation of oh they they were in an era where there was no roadblock rule they wouldn't have done as well without that
2: yeah i think you can erase that with colin and christy they would definitely chip and kim probably fall middle of the pack and colin and christy wouldn't even be close i can't even see nicole doing well at any of the roadblocks either
0: I feel like Colin and Christy probably would have won with the roadblock rule being in place. And it wouldn't have been close.
2: Yeah, Lyndon and Karen don't get to move up at all.
0: It would be an interesting conversation topic to have a look at Season 5 and go, how much of an effect would this have had? Because Season 5 is the one that gets the worst rep for, oh, all of these teams did a, te- a 10-1 split or an 11-1 split on the roadblocks. Crazy. Or if
2: you're and Chiri, a 5-0 split. <laughs>
0: And Corinne and Eliza leave by saying they want to survive past a, a Big Brother team. And how is an amazing race in the Survivor team left and uh, no Big Brother teams yet? About that.
2: <laughs> yeah. That does. I don't know what to say about that. It all went to uh, what they thought they were going to be able to do.
0: This episode is a really bad one for Corinne and Eliza.
2: Oh, they get buried.
0: Yeah, I know we always caveat it by saying oh, you can't have a negative leg without actually saying these things. They didn't twist some stuff that Corinne and Eliza said, obviously because they said everything, but I think that they were deliberately trying to bury Corinne and Eliza for whatever reason.
1: But they said those things. I know. And they put it in the edit, and uh, so they should if they've if been totally crap like that.
0: I think it would have been a lot nicer if we'd seen the double battle and actually understood why that ending happened the way it did
1: i think they would have said those things regardless and it, it it really really doesn't matter
0: i think they would as well but also you have to think that something was the catalyst to that and we didn't see anything that was really the catalyst the biggest cataly- catalyst we saw was the taxi stealing i think even the most casual of casual viewers doesn't go ooh, that's understandable from the taxi stealing. There's got to have been something that happened at the double battle where they're devastated because of it, and it just doesn't marry up with the episode.
1: But you're allowed to be devastated about something without doing what they did. you're, You're allowed to be, but it depends what kind of a person you are. Look, I'm not putting them down, but they did not have good sportsmanship at the end, and... That's what kind of person you are.
0: All I'm saying is there's got to be a reason for the poor sportsmanship at the end. Sorry, no,
1: no, no, no. Michael, if I lose something, which I hate losing, but if I lose anything, I'm not going to react like that. No matter how someone has beaten me, I would not act like that. So it, it doesn't matter about a reason at all.
2: What if me and Michael are playing badminton against you? And we win like twenty to zero in the first set of badminton. After each point, we're super happy. We're encouraging each other, and also trying to encourage you
0: while we're up like eighteen. No, you two two would not
1: be encouraging me. You two would not be encouraging me. You'd be (laughs) backing me out.
0: Encouraging you, we wouldn't be encouraging each other.
2: (laughs) What if? What if we were? What if we were though? Because that's what Uh, Rachel and Alyssa would probably play badminton like.
0: I was very lucky that Logan wasn't doing more Instagram lives on. on mole finale night, because I was tracking some shit about him to his face.
1: <laughs> There'd be no encouragement, ever!
0: So, at Snowtown, or Ice Town as I'm now going to call it, because Ben Wyatt was in the polar bear outfit. Kudos to Lil' Sebastian, who I'm currently looking at. Becker and Floyd found out that it's an hour's of operation at 6.30am. And then when everyone catches up and gets to go in, Chris runs up an escalator the wrong way, and they need to slide down the hill to get their next clue from the polar bear.
1: Have you run up an escalator the wrong way?
0: I have, and I usually get in trouble for doing it. But I am the sort <laughs> of rebellious child who will do it just for funsies.
1: He did it very badly.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did, because he stacked it.
1: <laughs> she said it would have hurt on the metal as well.
0: And then at the top, Brittany shoves Elitha to get a sledge and then takes the polar bear out on her way down. I love that. I think we finally had the breakout of Janelle and Brittany this episode. They were one of my favourite teams this episode. Mainly mainly for Brittany, because Brittany was just making stupid faces as uh, Janelle was doing things this episode.
2: Like all the work that Brittany did in the boat?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like like being, uh, how did she describe herself? A nice little counterweight in the boat. <laughs> She's like a paperweight. Like taking the polar bear out, her reaction to Janelle getting the roadblock of being basically a human blur as she taunted the camera. Like that's the old Britney from Big Brother 12 that I wanted to see when they came hit came into this season.
2: Maybe she was like a child. You know how like a child will try to use their momentum just using like their head or their shoulders to get forward or backwards in a boat? Maybe she was doing the same thing and it actually worked. Maybe Janelle's not as strong as she thinks.
0: And then teams must find the College Transportation Central, very familiar to fans of Belgian Mall, to find their next clue.
1: Is it the exact same one?
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Unless you're Chris and Brett, of course, who find their speed bump sign and they have to fill a cooler full of snowballs and then take it to the College Transportation Central anyway.
2: Is Ho Chi- I've heard there's so many more expats in Ho Chi Minh City now and it's not really that cheap of a place to live anymore in contrast to the rest of Vietnam. It's like Ho Chi Minh's trying to catch up to Dubai as like slightly cheaper version of Dubai.
0: It is, but also Ho Chi Minh City is very cheap anyway. Just because of the currency.
2: Yeah. Nothing cheaper than Dong.
0: And Corinne and Eliza try and steal Rachel and Alitha's cab and Corinne wants to block them on all social media when she gets home. Okay. And then once teams get to the College Transportation Central, it's a it's a roadblock which is who feels like driving themselves crazy. And in this roadblock, one team member must take upon the mantle of Axel and Bruno and complete a course on a moped to get their next clue. Also, they get an express pass if they do carry water bottles, chairs, a boat, or a gong on their mopeds.
2: I hear it's an automatic <laughs> U-turn. I hear it's an automatic U-turn if they bring the boat on there, though.
0: Yeah, it is. You're right. I hear there's a timer. <laughs> do you think, like I do, that this would have been a great roadblock to use the extreme roadblock pass on if you had it?
2: Uh, considering you know. the most attempts was ten, the most attempts was ten, and I don't think it took that long to do ten attempts on it.
0: I feel like it's an incredibly frustrating roadblock and one to to really trick people with.
2: I guess by Amazing Race standards, I guess it might be a wise one.
1: But they spend more time having problems with dancing tasks, generally.
0: Yeah, what Roblox have we seen so far, though? Because we've seen the sandal one, the going up the inflatable slide that definitely wasn't a replacement task at all.
2: I think Art wouldn't have used it on the moped task. I think he would have liked it.
0: We've had the elephant task. Which, I guess, in terms of a time penalty, if you're going to annoy another team, especially if they've been U-turned, is quite a good one to use as well.
2: Oh yeah, the Elephant one would take so much longer than Eliza on the moped.
0: Yeah, last week we had the Karaoke, which I think was more enthusiasm than anything, especially if you end up singing Charles and Eddie, uh, Would I Lie to You? And now you have this one. I think of those five, you either pick the Elephant or this one to use it on.
2: So for karaoke, pretty much Eric and Daniel
0: would be the ones using it? Oh, I, I wish they would have brought the the Belgian mole version of karaoke to, to this season. <laughs> Survive this half-hour-long half massage while trying to sing karaoke songs to get your next clue.
2: If Eliza wasn't crying before, she'd be crying now.
0: Even though, obviously, we have a huge soft spot for Axel, and that he is a genuinely lovely human being, as we found out on Sunday... God, that task was funny. It was funny. Logan told me not to speak during the episode, and no, I, of course, ignored it. And as soon as Jill said, two of you need to do karaoke, one of you needs to do a massage, I turned to Logan and went, that massage is going to have a twist. Yep. Like, how do you go into that task without going, yeah, they're going to make me do something other than a massage here. You can just tell. Not only did it have a twist, it also had a few knots. It also had a Vietnamese lady riding him. That's normal. Riding
2: dirty like a millionaire.
0: So it is Jamal, Elitha, Victor, Eliza, Chris, Becca, Colin, Janelle, and Corey doing this roadblock. And Elitha boasts that she has major balance and then immediately fails. And by attempt number five, she just completely drives across the figure eight. She doesn't even try anymore. I don't know how I see it
1: that. Because it's so heavy. Those Well, they're not as heavy as a motorbike, but they're, they're quite heavy, and you've got to go a certain speed, I think, I think I'd think have difficulties.
2: Alyssa's a great source of unintentional comedy so far.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of her on, um, on Big Brother, mainly because I'm not a big fan of most people on Big Brother. But she is a very good source of unintentional comedy.
2: Everything she says has not been able to live up to her word. The confidence is great, just the execution is a bit lacking.
0: And the problem with us in this task is the fact that there's really not a lot to say unless people stack it. So, yeah, Jamal leaves first and teams must now find Binquai village to find their next clue. And Elitha leaves in second with Victor in third. And Eliza is terrified.
1: Yeah. That thing falling over on your leg wouldn't be great.
0: It wouldn't be great, but it would have been worse had you been stacked with water bottles, chickens. Well... What else was Television.
1: There? Do we have a television on? There was one? a
0: television on there which Axel refused to do.
1: I think he should talk about this and say this is on the mole and this is what people had to carry on the back of their mopeds.
0: Yeah, so the, the mole version of this task was taking them to that place for money. They had to get through that course with stuff stacked on their bikes. So it was like chickens, water bottles, chairs, um, Michael TV, Jackson. a boat, vases...
2: Ticket to the nineteen ten State Fair.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was just basically Vietnam is full of people stacking stuff on their bikes. Why don't you do that? It's funny. But
2: do you think if Henry and Bernie from Amazing Race Asia three had to do this task, that they would just be having just have complete trauma and night terrors and wouldn't be able to do this roadblock?
0: I think I would suck at this roadblock.
2: I would too, because I don't have a driver's license and I've never learned how to ride a bicycle. Oh,
0: God. So this is like nightmare inducing <laughs> for you. I would have had to do this had we been on this season. Yeah, wow.
2: You've actually I been done, worse better Eliza, I done better than Eliza, though. I would have done better than Eliza. Because Eliza lives in New York and is a, works in an office all day. Her and Corinne are major city slickers. I'm not surprised that tasks in Vietnam were not exactly up their alley today. While Chris and Brett, who have done terrible all season, Get to make up all of this time because they get a moped task and steering another form of transportation, aka a boat.
0: And Colin and Christy have a dirt bike for their 11 year old, so Colin got one too, and he leaves in one attempt.
2: <laughs> I'm just picturing Chris this morning in the household where they don't see the name tag of like who the gift is for yet, so like Colin and his son. Go downstairs to the Christmas tree for Christmas morning. There's like a, mo- a dirt bike all wrapped up, and they both are equally excited over it. And it's like, two Colin's son. It's not for you, Colin. And then Colin throws a hissy fit. Yeah.
0: Or, or Achilles. I, ca- I can't remember which is the, the old one. I think it's Achilles who's the old one. It's Achilles and Cruz are their two sons.
2: Yeah. So it's like, two Cruz, here's your dirt bike. And the con's like, damn it, this is bullshit. And then he just goes, yeah. And then on Boxing Day the next day, like they don't even have that in the States. So he's like driving all the way up to Canada. And just out of spite, he buys himself a dirt bike too. So him and his son can now ride together just because he was so disappointed he didn't get one himself.
0: So once teams get to the village, it's a detail which is irritation or irrigation. And in Irritation, teams must switch back to the Amazing Race 3 Basket boats detail and paddle 200 yards down the river, collecting a basket of fish, and carry their boat over bridges, whilst returning with both the fish and the basket to get their next clue.
2: And somehow they made it even tougher.
0: Yeah. And in Irrigation, teams must build a water wheel correctly to get their next clue. Straight up, which one would you have picked? Irritation. Building things
1: is hard. You, there, there's such tiny things you can get wrong and I just wouldn't want to waste
0: my time Two words sum up why you wouldn't go anywhere near irrigation exacting standards You want to do something you're going to be judged on but you want to do something where there's a bit of leeway That sort of a task has zero leeway
1: mm.
0: At least it's in uh, in your own control if you do ir- irritation
1: Exactly
0: Which one do you, would you have hit, Logan?
2: So, I would do the basket boats.
0: Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that. You do basket boats. I think I would get
2: way too frustrated if I kept getting the aqueduct challenge wrong.
0: And then say it's bullshit.
2: And I don't have... As we learned at the mall finale,
0: apparently I don't have as
2: good of an eye for detail with visuals as I thought I did.
1: (laughs) Why? What happened?
2: I couldn't spot any visual designs. (laughs) Like the signs and stuff, Michael will be like, "Oh, do you see that thing there?" And like, oh, No, I don't. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's right there. When we walked up to
0: Kanapolis, <laughs> and you, um, and you didn't spot the huge banner saying, "Who is the mole? Find out tonight." For example, yeah, and
2: find the mole logo or the the mole logo
0: inside as well. I forgot about that. I was too distracted so... by the fact that we should not have been in that room.
2: Yeah, I kind of overtook. <laughs> I'm like. Eh. Not the least of our, not the biggest of our concerns right now. I'm waiting for like a Belgian Jean Claude Van Damme security guard to take us out of there. Judo chop.
0: And Chris leaves in fifth with Becca in sixth. And then there's a delightfully awkward moment when Becca's taxi driver refuses to high five her.
1: That's weird. It's very hard to high five from the back seat to the front seat, regardless.
0: To a driver. And then Janelle is stacking it. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Who
2: knew the Playboy model would be stacking it? I'm for one, I'm shocked.
0: And then we get the iconic Colin Green quote of, we're going to check out Irritation, because it, being irritated is super fun.
2: And then there's just a group of Armenian refugees um, all waiting at the dock. It's going to be great next week when they have the detour called, and once they get to Armenia with the detour, um, Yerevan or caravan
0: and Rachel and Elitha choose irrigation because they have experience as mums of building things yeah because yeah. i
2: remember i remember my parents when i was when i was 6 <laughs> years old what i wanted was an aqueduct wheel in the backyard
1: <laughs> it's not the same as building an ikea bookshelf
2: which also proved to be tough on the amazing race
1: what um? What season did they go
0: there? Six. So the world's largest back Ikea.
1: That.
0: that was fun. The pride of Sweden. And Janelle leaves in seventh and we get a wonderful moment of Brittany's face as they leave and she's just basically gloating. Yep.
2: Shouldn't be gloating, as Gerard would say.
0: Did you also notice that um, Jamal's shoulder is strapped up? Yes.
2: I've only been noticing the goatee, to be honest with you.
1: You didn't notice the shoulder? Oh, my God. It it wasn't on very well. It was all coming off.
2: Yeah, it's very visible strategy. at the mm. his
1: detail.
2: Shoulder, his shoulder was coming off?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. His shoulder was broken. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No wonder they,
2: they have been finishing first lately. That's a setback. Were they just doing that as a ploy to make sure they didn't get U-turned the rest of the season?
0: And there is a wonderful moment at the irrigation detour when Rachel slips on the ground.
2: She slipped on grass.
0: And if there's anything we know about Rachel, she is a creepy magician, slow taxi driver, ox mechanic, tongue twister, truly choosy carpet chooser, bowtie tyre, matador, stevedore, Conquistador, Miller, Miner, Milliner, Doctor, Proctor, Concoctor, Conductor, Teacher, Bleacher, Preacher, Impeacher, Hatcher, Matcher, Thatcher, Dispatcher, Tout and Mahout. And Bindles. I will say that is the closest you've ever got to me giggling, because I did read that on Sunday evening, as I actually mentioned on the Belgian Mall podcast. Read that on Sunday evening, and some of those did make me giggle, and I had to kind of focus.
1: Okay, the uh, there's one I want to call you on. Are you supposed to have said... A tongue twister or a tongan
0: no, twister? No, tongue untwister.
1: Oh, okay. It sounded like a tongan twister and I'm thinking, hang on, people in tonga twist? <laughs> <laughs>
2: they they don't do the, the twist in tonga, they do the time warp.
0: I'm surprised you didn't pull me up on a truly choosy carpet chooser.
1: <laughs> there was a bit of um, alliteration in there.
0: Yeah, Bindle seems to have um, been inspired by the very first one of me just trying to make everything rhyme. I like those sort of ones. If I recall yeah.
2: correctly, a Tongan Twister was a drink offered at the mole finale.
0: And Corey leaves the of like an eighth, and Eliza breaks down, but Corinne comforts her. And when Becker and Floyd start irritation, you can see one of the distracting guys pulling water from his boat. And Colin and Christy reach the turnaround point first, but they take the fish and not the basket. And they spot their mistake on the way back, but it is Nicole and Victor who overtake them at that point. And Eliza leaves the roadblocking last. And teams have now head to Tamvu Park, the pit stop for the leg of the race, and run to fill on the mat. The last team to check in may be eliminated. Yep. Did they actually run all the way to fill on the mat from the detour? I think this is the point where we need to start officially discussing the double battle, because... From the terrible editing and the fact that it said "run to fill" on the mat, and we heard that from multiple people, you can kind of guess that there was a double battle in this leg. It was in the park. They had to play badminton against each other because, evidently, the Amazing Race Canada producers have been onto this season already. And even though it was apparently cut because there was no placement changes, that is bullshit.
1: Yeah, but it it takes away from the rest of the great content they get from other things. I mean, I can understand why the producers did it because... well, the editors because it it didn't affect anything.
0: No, but it was so badly edited. Like, it was so jarring because you switch from Colin and Christy and Nicole and Victor working together and trying to have a foot race, basically, to the mat, to Colin and Christy just appearing without their bags.
1: Mm, But you know what? Some people wouldn't even notice that.
0: I think most people would because it's the most egregious bit of amazing race editing for a long while
2: yeah it was even knowing that going into the episode i didn't know exactly when it was placed i thought it was actually before the detour i don't know when but then yeah towards the end i'm like oh it had to be at the after the detour because because yeah colin and christy just randomly appearing solo and then Leo and Jamal's match chat was so weird too. I presume Leo and Jamal must have lost a couple of spots at the at the head-to-head.
0: Becker and Floyd apparently played three matches. Wow. And we didn't see any of this. This is what I mean. There was no reference to it. They could have easily skipped through it because it was a double battle and it's going to be boring because it's badminton and it's not even good enough to be tennis. And this comes from someone who hates tennis. But they need to at least acknowledge it because of the placement changes.
2: It had a direct impact on the outcome of this leg.
0: Yeah, because Corinne and Eliza probably would have beaten the Riley sisters in a foot race. I would guess, without knowing anything for certain, that Corinne and Eliza probably got to the double battle first, and lost, and then had to face the Rileys. And that was where the frustration came from, because they could have saved themselves twice.
2: And they lost to the Riley sisters at every twist and turn this leg. Yeah. Yeah. They just had to accept the fact that they were worse than the, all the Big Brother teams.
0: And Colin and Christy and Nicole and Victor decide to work together to get to the pit stop. Leo and Jamal leave Irrigation in third. And then Rachel and Alitha fight and freak out while Rachel wants to swap detours, breaking the cardinal michelle pierce Denner and rule. Mm-hmm. And then Becca and Floyd leave Irritation in fourth, with Chris and Brett in fifth. And then we just cut to the pit stop, so Colin and Christy check in first without their bags, and they win a trip to the Dominican Republic... And it obviously means a lot to them to finally win another leg after 15 years. And as part of their prize, they get massages.
2: I wish Rachel would have switched detours because they would have just been able to beat Corinne and Eliza anyway at the head-to-head. So it would have made it that much funnier.
0: Double battle, Logan.
2: Yeah, well, not everyone's going to know what you mean, Michael. Not everyone watches all of the international versions.
0: And I will also say, from what I've heard about the setup for this, in terms of teams had to run to Phil at the mat, get a clue to describe the double battle, and then head over to the double battle arena, if that is true about that setup, then it isn't the only one this season. Because Phil was seen in a later leg with um, clues in his back pocket, where it was not a keep-on-racing leg. And everyone was wondering why Phil had those in his back pocket. And it may make sense now.
2: Do you think those will
0: error? Um, I'm not sure, but I will say that it was in the final four leg, like, if my theory's correct. So they may be pulling an Amazing Race Canada and having their final three be determined by a double battle.
1: That's so hard. Yeah. That's so sad for the for the person out.
0: And the greeter is adorable and probably doesn't deserve to see the meltdown from Current Analyzer coming soon. <laughs>
1: No, so cute. And Colin, oh my gosh, he's so happy. He's always happy now. He's smiling and hugging all the time.
0: Even if I didn't love Colin and Christy so much, which I obviously do, seeing them win a leg after 15 years is delightful. Seeing their reaction to winning a leg after 15 years is even better.
2: And knowing that the pit stop greeter wasn't even born yet when they won uh, the last time they won a leg.
0: I bet that made them feel so old.
2: <laughs> could, could you imagine going up to the little kid If it was then in their current Buddhist state and they go up to the little kid And be like, we were winning legs of the race Even before you we were born That's what old Colin would have done
0: I had a really weird moment A few weeks ago when I was on the radio Because there was a professional Fortnite player who came in To be the guest And the host was playing Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love and we actually had a discussion after this Fortnite player had gone whether he was born yet when that song came out. That was
2: 2002?
0: Uh 2003 it was. And he was 16. Oh, he's around the cusp. There is a very real chance that I I was sat next to a Fortnite player who had who was not born when the Black Eyed Peas Where Is The Love came out. That made me feel super old.
2: And you were younger than me.
0: Yep. And when Nicole and Victor check in in second, you can actually see Tyler and Corey in the background waiting for the next fight, which is interesting. Yeah. And then we just get loads of fun character scenes from the basket boats challenge. I'm not even going to call it irritation anymore; it's basket boats. So Janelle says, "Okay, we're now in a water fight with Vietnamese men.
2: They would love Thai New Year. Songkran is it? Songkran, yes. Water guns for four days straight. You just spray everybody with water." right in the face right in the face
1: i was laughing when you'd put when you'd put those posts up logan and you said you couldn't even leave your hotel and you just had to get to the corner shop to get some sort of water gun so that you Yeah could
2: like they start spraying people. you the second you leave a private residence oh yeah <laughs> i love it yeah. yeah it's only like a few steps i only made a few steps I'm like oh shit it started <laughs> earlier than i thought they said it wasn't until tonight and i had to duck into the 711 right next door Bought two dry bags, or bought one dry bag, and just shoved everything I had in there. Then made it back to my hotel, then cleared out anything I didn't absolutely need. I think everything except my cell phone. Couldn't even take pictures (laughs) for the next two days, because I was too afraid of my (laughs) phone getting too soaked. (laughs) But it was worth it.
0: And Corey manages to cut himself on the fish baskets.
2: Bloody Fingers 101 Part 2.
0: Brittany describes herself as a nice little counterweight. Before Tyler and Corey leaving sixth, with Janelle and Brittany in seventh. And then Chris and Brett checking in third, Becker and Floyd in fourth, and Tyler and Corey in fifth, and Leo and Jamal in sixth. And Corinne and Eliza sink at the Basket Boats Challenge. Before Rachel and Alitha leave irrigation in eighth, with Corinne and Eliza leaving irritation in last. And when Rachel and the Lither read the clue, they read the phrase, return to Phil on the mat, which means they were basically told it was a double battle, and they had to go to Phil, grab the clue, and then go to the double battle.
2: If I had to do an analogy for Britney's effort on the boat to another Big Brother season, it would be like if Dan was the one paddling and Memphis was the one sitting in the boat. That's pretty much what it was like.
0: Brittany was one step short of doing a Kathy from her season and going, what do I do? <laughs> And then in a alleged foot race to the mat, Rachel and Alitha check in in eighth. Rachel cries, Corinne and Eliza just kind of slink in. They check in, in last, and they're eliminated and angry about it.
2: Well, Eliza, I think, outcried Rachel this leg.
0: Yeah, if you didn't know that there was a double battle this leg, the fact that Corinne and Eliza don't even try and run into the mat, you kind of know that they just lost and knew they were going to get eliminated. Not hashtag blessed. No, this is what I don't like about the double battle being right at the pit stop, because it takes all the intrigue for the teams out, because they know full well that they're getting eliminated if they lose that last one.
2: They're like deflated balloons. It's like somebody just turned the power switch off and it's like...
0: "Mm." So, do you want to eulogize Corinne and Eliza?
2: Um... She is a mid-30s educated woman, and the only thing we would give her is a handful of antidepressants so when Eliza's crying on the race it would look a little sincere. That works. <laughs> I just came up with that now. I feel proud of myself. Um, they serve their role. I was surprised at how extreme what like, Eliza was this season, but it pretty much fits in with what Eamon said when Uh, He hung out with her in Kota Kinabalu a few years ago. Um, I assume this will probably be it for them on reality TV.
1: I think so.
0: Given that we have mutual friends with Eliza, it's kind of weird for us to talk about this because obviously we know Brooke. She's friends with Brooke. And Eamon. Yeah, and Eamon, obviously. Um, But she's on a pub quiz team with Brooke.
1: I also met Eliza when she came to Sydney. Did you? Oh, there was some sort of Australian survivor premiere or something and she came and she was very nice
0: yeah i I think they're both very competitive and i think amazing race probably brought out the worst in both of them
2: which is what producers
0: would want yeah i think it was it's a loss to the season for them to go this early because i think they probably would have caused a lot of trouble especially if they'd got towards the must vote u turn like
2: and if rachel and aletha were still in the race i think those meltdowns would have been a lot less. Concealed from them, it would have been a lot more direct.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it was a bit of a loss to the season for them to go in ninth place. And I must admit, when I found out they went in ninth place, I was a bit shocked because they're both very worldly people. On paper, if any team is going to succeed in Asian legs, it's probably going to be them.
2: And yet they were like the least physically fit all female team in this season. Like, do you see the abdomen on Alitha?
0: Yeah, I was very impressed by that, actually.
2: Yeah, I don't think even the male racers other than Victor even have that.
0: So, yeah, have you got anything you guys want to say before I do the next time bit?
1: There's Uh, nothing else?
0: No,
2: I think it played out. I'm a bit surprised they did go out this early, but not after watching the first three episodes, and especially when two of the tasks involved having to be able to operate modes of transportation. That's something middle-aged men like Chris and Brett can do, but not them.
0: So, next time, teams head to Dubai, and there is DJing, Colin dancing, zip lines, dinosaurs, and Rachel and Alyssa crying again.
2: I feel like that's an implied preview with Rachel crying. I don't think you really need that to be in the preview. It's like, I just expect that. I'd be more surprised if the preview was, Rachel and Alyssa have a perfectly sane and normal day without any bumps in the road whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> they have a pleasant and fun time.
0: Amazing Race is good and fun.
2: They skip off into the sunset with the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, the Scarecrow, and they head off to the Wizard of Oz.
0: They're just trying to make Amazing Race is uh, supposed to be fun a thing now, aren't they?
2: Do you think they're just intentionally trying to cry every leg? like, oh, hey, is the camera on me? The Amazing Race is supposed to be good and fun. Did we get the take?
0: It feels a little attention-seeking doing it every episode.
2: It's like at the very beginning when Christy made the joke of, oh, the sand is broken. Is everyone just doing all of their catchphrases?
0: Yeah, but that's funny. And also, we've not had that for 15 years.
1: I don't know. I think, I think saying it over and over again is driving me a little crazy.
0: So, what do you guys think is going to happen next, like? I mean, Chris and Brett have to go to some point, don't they?
1: <laughs> we got it so wrong last time. <laughs> So right, you know,
0: I must admit, when I was sat in that lovely lounge in Manchester Airport last Saturday morning, editing this podcast or editing last week's podcast, I did find it slightly amusing that you guys were so wrong.
1: Were you? You're so amused.
0: I think we're having a
2: survivor extinction next round, or moms are going home.
0: Do you want to make some more terrible predictions,
2: Chris and Brett? Done. So, they still were so under edited.
1: God, I don't know, Rachel and or Chris and Brett. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Let's be wrong again. <laughs>
0: Have you guys got anything else you want to say?
1: No, I am good.
2: I think the Colin and Christie rampage is about to begin. The Zen page.
0: I said this to you yesterday, Logan. They are still very much within, within a shout of getting the all-time leg record. And I think they're going to do it
2: because no one else is doing that well.
0: They really don't have to win that many more legs to to get the the leg record, I don't think. I think it's two more they've got to win to get it, because I think eight is the current personal best. Who's that? Um, Dave and Rachel got it in one season, and Dave and Connor got it in two, I think. Okay.
2: Mark and Revealson.
0: Mark and Revealson, yeah. I'm pretty sure eight is the current record for, for leg wins, so... And Colin and Christy
2: are at seven.
0: Yeah, they're on seven at the moment, so they only need two more to get the the actual record. Yeah, I think they're going to get it, and three more if they want to do it officially without the use of a fast forward. How many
1: did um Justin and Diana get? Seven. seven. Okay, God, you two are
0: good. They were devastated to uh, to have not yeah called the uh, the best. That's how Hopefully I remember. eight. So. Thank you for listening to this amazing Race Podcast. You can join us next week for another recap. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV our, our own Twitter pages, MJ Helmstone for me, Logs of Crocky for Logan, and for Michelle. Also, if you're watching Belgium Mole, Logan and I will be rounding up our coverage of that next week. See you next week.
2: Bye. Peace out and just chill to the next episode. Yeah.